1: Welcome into episode number 195 of Greatest Pod in the South. I'm Neil McCready, JG Tate with me as well as always here on uh, the big show. I don't even know what we're talking about today. We did exactly 20 seconds of uh, show prep. I think both of us are kind of worn worn down a little. Jay covering a coaching search, a new AD, all that stuff. Uh, basketball started. So these are, I don't know about you Jay, it's kind of feel like the, I'm not complaining because I'm glad I do what I do for a living, but sometimes these are the dog days a little bit. They just, you just go every day a little bit, and they kind of wear you down because you got basketball in the middle of football, and then for you, you got a coaching search and full transparency. I'm getting ready for a coaching search, not knowing whether I'm going to have one or not. So then you got recruiting that's happening because the portal is going to start December the fifth, and you got signing day and a little more than a month and stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I also got my mom in uh, the hospital as well, so it's just uh, it's a cornucopia of uh, craziness over here. For sure, in Montgomery. Is your mom okay? No, she's not. Uh, she had a uh, she had an episode on Friday. I called nine one one. She went into the hospital. Then she was unconscious. Friday, Saturday, into Sunday. She's I don't know what you would call her right now. She's kind of floating in and out. She's got well, she's been diagnosed with chronic pulmonary failure, and she's got various other complications and problems. And when she went in there, man, like I knew nothing about what happens to people in a situation like that. And so Courtney and I have done a lot of learning about living wills and last will and testaments and different physicians and what a hospitalist is and what they do and what a rehab hospital is and what assisted living is and what independent living is. And yeah, uh, it's been a very eye-opening experience. Fortunately, my mom and my dad both thought ahead a long, long time ago and they got great uh, nursing home insurance. And so we have the luxury of knowing that she can, get things paid for but yeah it's been i just came from the hospital and as soon as i finish this show and we get it out i'm going to go back to the hospital so just kind of hanging out with her and keeping an eye out for what's going on you know
1: not to get personal but what is the prognosis
2: um you know i think she's going to be on oxygen the rest of her life um and she's going to be on a she called a bipap machine for the rest of her life like not all day but she's going to to go four or six hours a day you could probably do that when you sleep honestly And, uh, she's not moving right now. Um, so that's not good. Um, I I just think it's just going to be a new normal for her. She really wants to go home, like home, home, back home. And brother, I don't, I just don't see that happening. So I keep trying to kind of steer her in a different direction when she's like half awake, I guess. And she's still mad at me. She, she is mad that I called people to take her to the hospital. So, I'm kind of dealing with that too. I mean, I know that that's not reasonable or rational, but that's just kind of what she said. I'm not used to my mom calling me names and stuff. It's not, that's not the relationship we had. So uh, that, that
1: was kind of, you know, jarring. How, how old is your mother?
2: She's 79. Yeah. 79 years young. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My parents are 80. They, uh, they're both here. I'm, I always consider myself so fortunate that, they are as healthy as they are my dad has some physical stuff like his bad 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 shoulder he had a knee replacement he needs to have the other knee replaced but that's such a hard thing to do and now he's got some spinal kind of stuff and so he doesn't move around as well as as well as he um as he should and I always feel bad because they get out and do a lot of things that I think to myself I needed to go do that and you know what I mean, and your, your your day gets away from you. and I don't go over there anywhere near as much as I should. I know the day's going to come when they're not going to be around that I'm going to kick myself for it. And then at the same time, you're on the other side you're you're trying to do all of the things that you're work obligated to do. I've heard you talk about that before. You know, where you you're like I'm, you, you feel guilty if you miss an Auburn game, for example, or whatever. I get it. It's I guess it's just that that work-life balance thing the people that get that down pat that i'm always i don't know if jealous is the right word i've always i I have a lot of admiration for the people that can get that down in such a way that, that they never seem to have conflict with it
2: i know my wife's like that she just compartmentalizes so well she can just go from work to my mom to you know and she's helped a lot with understanding where my mom can go from here as far as housing options i mean she just she can just click off one and go right to the other, and it's all good. I, I have a harder time doing that, just changing gears so quickly. But yeah, it's it's cool to have somebody around who's like that. And also, when you're talking about your parents earlier, like you definitely have a responsibility to, you know, Campbell, Caroline, Carson, Laura. I mean, you, look, man, you're the either co captain or captain of that team, however you want to look at it. And that's got to be your primary responsibility. I get that. So, I mean, it's the way I'm living my life too. It just so happens my mom's down at, the, at this moment.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's even little stuff. Like, I don't know whether you deal with this as much, but like the girls, the girls call home a lot, which is great. Like, I feel like I talked to Campbell and Caroline more with them away in college than I did when they were in high school here in Oxford. But sometimes they call and, you know, I'm busy and it's like, Hey, what's going on? And, 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 um, it's nothing. And, and you feel bad, like trying to rush them off the phone, but you're like, I got to go, I got stuff I got to uh. go do. And And, um, and they're totally, totally different about it. Like Campbell will call and it's more just, Hey, everything going okay. And you're like, yeah, everything's good. How how are things with you? Good. I I got back from class. I, um, I'm going to go get some lunch and then I'm gonna go work out and then I've got to study and I'm like, okay, that's good. She goes, well, I just wanted to check in. I'm like, okay, we'll see you later. And it's like done. And Caroline will call and it's like, so, um, let's talk about the world for the next two hours. And it's just, I can't, I, I, I feel bad. Huh. About that. But yeah. like this,
2: actually phone conversations, like audio conversations? Yes. God, I yeah. haven't
1: had one of those with my daughter ever. That Isn't I that funny? Call. Yeah. No, the girls call all the time. And it's good. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I love hearing from them and, and stuff, but it's sometimes it's just hard to kind of balance it all.
2: Weird. I Snapchat with my daughter. Like that's what I guess that's her uh conduit is what she likes to use. Yeah. My dad was cracking me up the other day when I told him, you know, he's out in Maine and he was like, so she's not doing well. Talking about my mom. I go, yeah. He goes, well, I'll call the house. I said, bro, she's not there and she's not going to be there. And he goes, well, I'll just call her cell phone. I was like, oh, my man. Yeah, right. She's like, She'll use her cell phone. Dad. What are you talking about? My mom is confused by the new remote at the, ho- at the hospital. Like she, the, When she was up on Sunday, she, she didn't know how to use it. I'm like, it says power. That's the power button, mom. Anyway. One of the, uh, well, I don't want to get into names, but, you know, a lot of physicians and uh, nurse practitioners come in and out, you know, a couple yeah. of them. there were a couple of them that uh, um, kind of flirting with one today. There was this morning, actually, in the elevator. She's a uh, nurse practitioner, and I, she was going up to one of the top floors. I'm on third floor. And I said, well, I'm going to third floor, and I don't know if you can hang on the third floor because that's where the party's at. And she was like, oh, really? I go, yeah, we got a beer cart and everything, but maximum three for you, young lady. I know you're working. So we were kind of jabbing back and forth. Well, it turns out she was the lady that was going to check on my mom today. So she rolls in and I go, look at you. (laughs) She's like, fancy seeing you again. She did tell me that there is beer in the hospital, that they keep a very small supply uh, in the pharmacy for situations where somebody who is an acute alcoholic would need some kind of way to kind of bring them down. I've heard that a little more slowly than cold turkey. And so there is such a thing as a little bit of beer in the hospital.
1: I was like, I've heard that. How
2: about that? You're you like, think well, maybe we all could all kind of right. make that up? And I started pretending like I had the shakes still, <laughs> to no avail. It was like 8 AM. So it's too early. Probably. Yeah, yeah. At least two
1: hours too early for a beer at that point.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning is what I like to say, but that is true. I don't know With a nurse practitioner, she's probably going to be a school mom anyway, which isn't necessarily a bad thing overall, but maybe for drinking, it's not the greatest.
1: That's so anyway. what else is going on. That's a, that's a lot to be dealing with. Anything well, yeah, happened? but,
2: you know, these days I can kind of do a lot of the work that I need to do from the hospital, except this show. I don't have all my recording equipment down there, obviously, but uh, but writing columns pretty much one a day about whether it's current happenings in the coaching search at Auburn or just reflecting on how coaching searches work. Uh, John Cohen was officially announced, or, or I should say uh, presented as the AD, what, uh, Monday? Yeah. Uh, He's a, he's a really interesting dude. Um, I know Mississippi state listeners uh, know him well, having been the baseball coach there and also the AD. Um, But he's kind of a new type of personality in the Auburn sphere. He is an earnest, a credible, uh, straightforward person who approaches that job really from a coaching slant. You know, the guys in the past, you think about Housel was like an SID Alan Green's a, you know, fundraiser. Jay Jacobs was a fundraiser and kind of a lackey. Um, You know, John Cohen isn't any of those things. And I like him. And I like the way he's going about the search, Neil McCready. I found out I can't say the names. I'll tell you off the air, but he just straight up called two guys uh, this week. Two coaching candidates just literally asked to (coughs) use the proper channel to ask for permission, got it, and talked to him like You know, you and I have been living in a world for so long where you were kind of subliminally, you know,
1: and I think some of that's been going on
2: at Auburn pre Cohen, like right before he got here. But it seems like Cohen just prefers to be very above board and let's just have a conversation, um, which is definitely not the Auburn way or it hasn't been. So I like that. I think he represents a lot of change. In a good way, thoughtful change.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean. The natural cynicism, I think, and I'm sure you share it. Skepticism, maybe, is for sure. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to talk about the change. It's another thing when you get down to the brass tacks. You know how do you um, how do you balance? Speaking of balancing, how do you balance doing the search the way you view to be the right way, and also appeasing the boosters who at some point are going to have to help fund it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was funny in his uh, comments the other day. You know, we love people at Auburn and you used to be embedded in the Auburn sphere. We love talking about Java, which is just Auburn being Auburn, J-A-B-A, Jaba. He actually talked about that in his press conference. And he, he talked about, you know, yes, you're right. It is just Auburn being Auburn. And then he started pointing out all, all kinds of good things that yeah. have happened at Auburn, talking about Bo Jackson and and Cam Newton and SUNY Lee, who's a gymnast at Auburn right now, Olympic gold medalist. And just kind of like, yeah. That is Auburn, and we do want Auburn to continue being Auburn because Auburn does some things really, really well. I thought that was an interesting twist. It was kind of a gamble, embracing the Java concept, but it was a, it was a cool twist.
1: It's it reminded me. I read about that. It reminded me of um, that Ole Miss. They have this thing, uh, W A O M. You know, uh, we are Ole Miss, and and it means it's mostly been a negative thing, right? I mean. Like with the 4th and 25 play when, you know, Arkansas, the, he, the Hunter heave, the Henry heave or whatever, when they scored on that goofy-ass 4th and 25 or whatever to, to end up beating Ole Miss, everybody just said, you know, W-A-O-M and stuff like that. It would always be their thing. And I think it was Michael Thompson who's now with the SEC Network who was, went on to Texas A&M for a while, but he tried to kind of embrace that from a marketing standpoint with we're going to make this a positive thing. And it never, it never really took off. The negative, the negative still seems to uh, to resonate more than the positive ever dreamed of. I understand that. <laughs> it yeah. just, it's just funny. Like all these places, it's the funny thing to me. All these places are so similar. It's just different colors and numbers and you know mascots and stuff. I mean, fans are fans are pretty similar.
2: Man, the first question in uh, Cohen's press conference was asked by one of my employees, uh, Brian Stoltz, and he said something blah, blah blah, and he goes, "Also, I want to ask you, have you ever shared a hot tub with a football coach?" <laughs> and the reason that's funny is because uh, Alan Green said that he had shared a hot tub with uh, Harson be- like when they first met, long before yeah. Harson was the football coach, and that's how they got to know each other. There's always such an odd footnote to a very odd relationship there, and then so it was just funny to hear Cohen ask that. He didn't know what it was about uh but he had good humor
1: that's my knowledge right yeah that's exactly what he said
2: (laughs) and they talked afterward and we kind of got it he i thought cohen got a kick out of it he seems pretty chill man i like him so it's going to represent definitely a different change a a different approach to running an athletic department at auburn but i think it's it's toward the credible side i like it you're moving it toward legitimacy if you think about the way things were when you and i were pups i don't know if legitimacy would have been the way we would describe that but
1: So we're uh, t minus, I guess, fifteen days from the end of the Ole Miss regular season. T minus seventeen days from the end of the Auburn regular season. God, you're
2: right. I didn't think about it in terms of number of days. God, you're right. That's closer than I realized.
1: The Iron Bowl is in seventeen days. Yeah. Where does it stand? I read your. I've read what you posted on your board. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Lane Kiffin's in this. Um, I don't think that Cohen has spoken to Lane Kiffin. I don't think that's something. I don't think Kiffin rolls that way. Uh, what, sure. The way it's been explained to me is that Lane Kiffin is here to coach. Uh, that's he what he wants to focus on. He and Jimmy have had a conversation or conversations a long time ago, long before Brian Harson got fired. Just in a general concept of okay, what what are you trying? This is what any agent should do. Yep. What do you what are you looking for? What are you you're always trying to make your client better in a better spot, whether that be at Ole Miss or wherever. So. Jimmy should have an idea. It's probably on a piece of paper of the things that are important to Lane. And so he's kind of communicating that through back channels to people at Auburn, trying to get, get on the same page to see if that's a good fit or not. Um, you know, there's everybody over here is like, I think Lane Kiffin's agreed to a deal. I think that's bullshit. I don't think that's happened at all. Um,
1: yeah, I wouldn't buy that this week at all. Um, especially going against Alabama and going against Nick Saban and, um, a game that we talked about this last week, a game that, lane really wants to win hell which, yes huge which, game for a number of reasons and then look i mean i don't think it's going to happen because i think lsu's gonna gonna beat arkansas on saturday but in a scenario where arkansas at home beat lsu on saturday morning uh Ole miss and alabama kick off in oxford at 230 suddenly Ole miss would be in the driver's seat if they could find a way to beat alabama to get to atlanta for the first time in the program's history Dude, that
2: would be a big deal right there man so you know I don't
1: yeah I, I would I would put if you said, what are the odds that 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 John Cohen has talked to Lane Kiffen about the Auburn job my, I would put the odds at a great big zero There's I would agree no way he's doing that that's
2: just not how Lane Kiffen operates as as it's been explained to me, and so I, that's yeah. just exactly the way it is the guy in, that-
1: fact, I, in fact I, I would be surprised if they ever had a conversation about that job unless the job was essentially being offered.
2: Yeah, you're talking about forward, like 12 days from now, 15 days from now, whatever. Yeah, I would agree, yeah.
1: I don't think he would allow himself to get into a spot where he, quote, interviewed for the Auburn job and then didn't get it.
2: This is where JG, the person, would just never work as a coach. Because if I'm Lane Kiffin and I'm the coach at Ole Miss, and let's say Arkansas beats LSU and let's say Ole Miss beats Alabama, things that I would love to see, things that America would love to see, um, and let's say the Rebels get to the SEC championship game, which are things that America wants to see, uh, I, would, I could never leave Ole Miss. <laughs> I would just be like, this happened. You know, this place has embraced me like nobody else. I have been able to use it to push myself professionally to incredible heights. We've been a great partnership. I would just
1: be like, Jimmy, just let, let's just get my money and let's just stay here. You
2: know? I, that's exactly what I would do.
1: And you know what's interesting is he very well may feel that way. I don't know. And and so people say, Well, what does Lane think? And and you say, I don't know. I don't know. Lane doesn't talk to people like that. The Lane's inner circle here in Oxford is really small. I mean really small. And so if you you know, if you told me that Lane Kiffin uh in his heart of hearts thinks, you know what, maybe I've found a place that's really good for me. Maybe Maybe this is this has worked out the way that it has because it was meant to, and I'm I need to stay here longer. I'm not done. Sure, if you told me that Lane Kiffin privately was telling people, "Hey, look, I've done all I can do. I got to get out. I got to maximize." I I'd buy that. I, I don't know, and I'm I'm always interested in the people who are like, "Hey, Lane Kiffin's thinking this, and Lane Kiffin's thinking that." I'm like, "How the hell do you know? He doesn't tell anybody what he thinks. I mean, other than, you know, he'll talk about." some big picture stuff with college football. And every once in a while, he'll get a little sentimental about stuff. Like he he got, he was, you know, he had some fun the other day talking about, he went to California during the um, open date to watch his son play football. His son Knox is an eighth grader. And they were playing in an all-star tournament kind of thing. Knox's team in California won the, I guess the Los Angeles city championship, or maybe it was a state championship. I don't know. And they played some team from Arizona that smoked them. And, uh, Elaine was talking about how big the kids from Arizona were and they had to be older than eighth graders, you know, and I was laughing about it and he saw me laughing about it and he was laughing that I was laughing because Lane Kiffin, the coach never makes excuses ever. Lane Kiffin, the, the, uh, the, the dad was making excuses, you know, like, <laughs> you know they were bigger than that. And then he made some comment about, you know, he'd gone to see, um, Oxford middle school play against Tupelo and, um. He said those kids at Tupelo are, um, were, we're really big and stuff. And I said, I said, well, everybody knows Tupelo cheats, Lane. And and you know, and he laughed. And, and then you know, and some people were like, Hey, do you think he was trying to? Because the rumor is that Knox is thinking about coming to Oxford to start high school in the fall. And some people were like, Do you think that's a sign that he went to go watch the middle school team play because he's he's going to move? I'm like, yeah, I think you're going way too deep here. I mean, maybe, but maybe not. And if you get yourself into a pretzel like that, you're you're you're, you're going to get confused. I think you just have to wait and see. And boy, that's hard for people. I get it, but it, who knows? I don't know. I, yeah, I just don't know.
2: Somebody they asked very specific questions on the bunker about Lane Kiffin, and I appreciate that people care about it that much and that they have thought about it enough. But it's like, what is Lane's thinking about you know the length of the contract where it's maxed out at four years at Ole Miss and I'll bring it. I was just like, bro, I that lane kiffin and jimmy sexton and maybe two other people on this planet would know the answer to that question and i'm not one
1: of them (laughs) so i'm not good and and you're literally right it's that small of a circle um but it's it's there's other
2: reporters out there neil who would try to answer that question and it's stupid there's another guy on my beat that's made like seven or eight changes to the auburn hot board already like what Like it doesn't change that quickly
1: bro like well i know who that is and and how do I say this? It It's a lack of experience. It's also a refusal. And there's people on my beat that are this way that refuse to say the words, I don't know. I don't I, mind I saying question, that. I get the question. I know you don't. It's one of the reasons I, I, I have a lot of respect for you as a journalist. I get the question sometimes like, well, if, if Lane left, what would Ole Miss do? I don't know. I know
2: what they would do. Better yeah. hire you. To be the football coach, yeah. Damn right. It. You beat you beat Philip Marshall. Philip thought he had a shot at getting the job over here, but he lost to you in that basketball shootout.
1: Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. No, but honestly, um, it
2: would just be Jeff Levy,
1: right? You know, I don't I don't think so, but maybe. I mean, isn't he know, really well, good? He was, but you know, he, he didn't leave on the greatest of terms. Oh uh, um, what,
2: what did he say he's a Mississippi State fan? I mean what what did he, what did he do?
1: No, I just, you know, I think he and Lane were kind of cross paths by the end and to say that Lane is beloved here, Jay, is is an understatement. Um he's worshiped. Here. They they love him. I mean, he's eighteen and three in the last two seasons in the regular season. I know. He's a stud, three. man. Yes. Um, they love him and they love all the stuff that he does, the social media stuff. Like yesterday, the social media tweet with Alabama was hilarious. I mean, just it's kind of funny because last year there were some accusations that he We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
0: isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
3: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Or two years ago, there were some accusations that he had Alabama's defensive call sheet, and that's why they were so effective. And so yesterday he tweeted out the picture of the book that I think Talty and Saban wrote about leadership or something. And on it was on top of a, a obviously made up, but Alabama 22 defensive call sheet <laughs> thing. And he's just trolling and people like that, you know, and so I don't know who knows. It, it's just, it all, um, it's fascinating and it's good for us because it shows you that people care so much that they're not going to ever go away. But, People ask, what would, what would Ole Miss do? And I, I say, I don't know. And I don't think for some people that's a satisfactory answer. They think that we know all. And the truth is, I don't, I don't know that Keith Carter, who's the AD at Ole Miss, he has a better idea than I don't know, but I don't know that he necessarily knows precisely what he would do in a scenario where Lane Kiffin leaves, whether it be for Auburn or the Chargers or whoever.
2: Do, can you quickly like in 30 seconds tell me if lane kiffin obviously he trolls saban and i was watching a video yesterday i I did not realize how long back this goes i mean when lane was working for him he had a few about yeah i looked over and he was you know he's down here or whatever i mean that that troll i mean that's years old but i'd never seen it before does he have a legitimate like does he just pick on him for fun or does he like kind of not like him
1: you know i think it's a little bit of everything um I think he feels like he owes his career rejuvenation to Kiffin. I mean, to Saban. Um, obviously Saban was rough on him. He saw all the sideline stuff where Saban just, you know, got up in his ass and nobody likes that. I mean, if I did that to you, you wouldn't like it. And Kiffin didn't like Saban doing it to him, had to take it because Saban was the boss. He respects him. He refers to him as the goat. He genuinely believes he is the greatest coach of all time. Um, Wants to beat him very badly because Lane's a very competitive guy. But beating Saban, I think, would be validation in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, but I, I, does he dislike him? I don't. I don't think so. And I don't, he refers to him as his buddy. And I don't. I don't think they're like super tight. I don't think they're vacationing together or anything. But he respects. He has a tremendous amount of respect for Saban. Obviously, okay, cool.
2: Because it just seems kind of <laughs> he just sticks with it, man. The rat
1: poison, he's got one of those about every other week. Did you hear the new one this week? It was great. <laughs> Goat fuel. <laughs> he was talking about Feinbaum, because Feinbaum does this all the damn time. Everybody every time Alabama loses a game, Paul Feinbaum's the first one to do the dynasty's over. Oh god. This was all on Saban. Yeah, coaches lose games, man. I mean, coach Bill Belichick has lost Super Bowls for God's sake. No one, no one disputes how, his greatness. Ben um, Lane just said, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing all that. That is, that is goat fuel. I am not, I'm not doing that." And you could tell he was like, "No way, he's, I'm not about to do that stuff." And then at the same time, he, what he doesn't do either is he doesn't, and you, other teams do this, this almost like Bama Respect Week where they just just go gush about how great Alabama is all week long and turn it into this big, monstrous deal. He won't do that. It's, it's just a game. It's the next game. It's another game. They're really good. We know you're going to have to play well to beat them, but it's the next game because if you win, you got to turn around and play again. Like in a scenario where LSU loses to Arkansas, and I don't think it's going to happen. Let's just say it did, and Ole Miss beats Alabama. Well, if you celebrate that damn thing till Tuesday or Wednesday and you turn around and you say, hey, okay, well, it's got to get ready for Arkansas now, and then you roll into that place on Saturday night after they've beaten LSU and it's 28 degrees and they're jacked up and they're excited and you're just a little flat and you get popped, well, all of a sudden, beating Alabama doesn't matter anymore because you no longer control your own destiny because you just blew it. So if they happen to beat Alabama they got to turn around and beat Arkansas and then if you beat Arkansas five days later you got to beat Mississippi State so you don't have time for that and if you lose to Alabama you don't have time to go well that's that you know because if you want to get to 10 wins you're out of you have no margin for error anymore and you're playing for bowls and stuff like that so he's pretty smart about that stuff and I think he got. frankly I think he got a lot of that from Saban who they say people who've coached with him And actually Lane's talked about this. People who have coached with him say one of the things that Saban does so well that nobody talks about is that he's really, really good after a loss.
2: Doesn't freak out. He just kinda works the problem.
1: He's very calm in in the locker room, very calm in coaches' meetings. That that if anything, when Saban is the guy that I think we all envision, you know, like this Tasmanian devil running around just trashing stuff and, you know, ripping into people's asses, if anything, he does that after when they play like a, you know, Tulsa and they win sloppy, that's when he loses his shit. It's not when they lose a game, uh, you know, on the road somewhere. Like I've I've had people who were on his staff in 2014 when they lost here in the Katy Perry game. That in that locker room and the next day and on Monday, how calm he was, and that team ran the table and won the national title.
2: Mm, how about that? Uh, let's see if there's anything else. Over here on the Auburn side, we talked about the AD. We talked about coaching search. I still think Lane Kiffin is up there at the top. I think Hugh Freeze with his win uh, at Arkansas last weekend, 21-19. Um, he, I think he moved up a little bit. I think some folks over here were like, damn, that dude is good. And we, What's we, the hold
1: up on, on Freeze from Auburn? Is it the NCAA crap, or is it the stuff with the massage therapy uh, people? It,
2: it just – I'm only, I can only canvas like a certain percentage of people, but it seems like it's more of the moral problems. I, I, I yeah. haven't heard a lot about the you know, violations at Ole Miss, which I know that you have said on this show and I'm sure you said on OEP a bunch of times where you thought they were kind of cockamamie. I mean, not that he was yeah. blameless, but he got, they were
1: trumping it up a little bit. It was trumped up a little bit. And, um, frankly, he had bad bagmen. um, you know i mean if we're just being honest he, he the organization wasn't well done uh, people talked and mm-hmm. uh, but they weren't throwing bags of cash around i mean they really weren't they just didn't ha- they would have but they didn't have it so they didn't um you know and th- th- i guess when i say that people are like oh you're making excuses for him like no i'm really not i'm just You know me, Jay, pretty well, and so people can believe this or not, and you can either vouch for me or not at this point. It doesn't really matter. I won't get my feelings hurt, but everybody cheats. I mean, everybody cheats. Everybody's buying players. Everybody's – and back then, everybody was doing stuff to facilitate the recruiting process. Kind of everybody did it, and so I don't know. I mean – I never really thought of it as that big of a thing. I just thought they were super sloppy and it got back in. The, the phone calls can't get back into your building. And at Ole Miss, they did.
2: Mm. Major mistake. It
1: right wasn't, there. but it wasn't. They weren't just like going out, hey, let's go buy the top 20 players in the country. It wasn't that. They, they didn't have that kind of money. Like, and I've talked about this before. They got Robert Cambici because his brother was here. That was it. His mother wanted the boys together, period. The end. Um, they got Larry Metunsell because, frankly, Georgia screwed it up. I mean, they got Laquan Treadwell because Oklahoma screwed it up. That's how they got those guys. And you well, look at the rest of that class, there wasn't a whole lot to it. They got Antonio Conner because they always got the kid from South Panola. They, they had that connection, and they got it done. The rest of that class was like, like – they didn't pay for Mike Hilton, for example, who's still playing in the NFL. Mike Hilton was a three-star that nobody else recruited. A kid out of Atlanta that I think his best other offer was East Carolina. That was just a one of those recruiting evals that you get right. Sometimes you get those, and sometimes you screw up recruiting evals. You've seen that. Everybody oh, yeah, that. for yeah. sure.
2: Everybody over here is upset about Quinshawn Judkins, who's been terrific for Ole Miss. But, yeah. You know, sometimes you <laughs> they liked him, they just didn't love him. And Lane loved him, and it paid off. He's a hell of a player.
1: Yeah, Lane loved him. His former running backs coach, Kevin Smith, loved him. Uh, they offered him quickly. <laughs> And uh, they got him, and they kind of locked in on him, and they kept recruiting him. And then when Kevin Smith left for Miami, there was some concern that he would go to Miami with Kevin Smith. And Lane Kiffin took on the recruiting sort of personally. And you see the picture of him sitting out there in the cold, and I guess that was in Birmingham, at the uh, at the championship game, watching Judkins, and they got him in. And I mean, he's a special player. Sometimes that happens. There's the stories; they're everywhere in college football.
2: Yeah, I got a. I I've shared this to you back at the time, but. He definitely wasn't in, in Birmingham at the, or he was at the in Tuscaloosa. If it was at the super six, wherever it was that he ran into him. Yeah. And like, it's like an empty stadium. And my friend t- sends me a text of like Lane Kiffin and his kid, like, look, who's here. And I'm like at the Pike road game. Like, yeah, he's here to watch Quinn, John Jenkins. Yeah. Cool. And you just asked him for a photo and he said, yeah, he was really cool. Word.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, can you imagine Brian Harson doing that?
2: Like, yeah, man, I'd be glad to take a picture. Now he would be like, buzz off, kid. Get away from me.
1: Yeah, no, Lane gets a little, he's pretty aloof, but he's better about stuff like that than he probably gets credit for. No, I, don't I definitely see that, yeah. I don't think it's his favorite thing. Um, I don't think he looks forward to the, uh, the, 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 the circuit where you go out and press all the flesh. I think he hates that. But.
2: <laughs> press all the flesh is not a phrase I was expecting to hear today.
1: But you know what I mean? It's kind no, of No, I that. never heard that idiom before. Press the flesh. Oh, like, you never heard that? Like in politics, like go press the flesh. Touch as many people as you can. You yeah, know? I'd like to do that.
2: That's what we do in Punta Cana. No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm playing Let's
1: into the it. stereotype. I don't, like, Lane Kiffin's never going to be the guy that runs for office. No, I get it. I, I mean, get it. You know, I mean, like, you know, Tommy Tuberville's a U.S. senator today. Lane Kiffin's not running for Senate. He's a football ever. coach. He's a play yeah. caller. He's and if he's good. not, and if he's not, if you told Lane, hey, you can't coach football anymore, I think he would just go float around in the bay somewhere and fish. Like I think he likes that kind of. Might be him and one other person, but it would it would not be. He wouldn't be at a big function. He would be someplace alone on the water fishing.
2: Well, the things that Lane Kiffin would enjoy in that situation would be good fishing, good weather, probably some cathead. Cathead Distillery are makers of fine spirits and other delicious refreshments that can be found throughout the southeast and beyond. Their newest product is spreading like wildfire throughout the fire pits, shindigs, and get-togethers of Milo Cow and yours. It's the Cathead Sparkling Neil McCready. It's a sparkling vodka cocktail in a colorful aluminum vessel, five percent ABV, one hundred calories, and as all glu- as always, gluten free, sugar free, and vegan. Cathead Sparkling comes in eight packs. Uh, well, there's two different groups of eight packs with so four different flavors each. One of them is limeade, strawberry, lemonade, mandarin, and cranberry. The new one is mango, raspberry, cucumber, and pineapple. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor outlets near you. We always get ours at the ABC here in Montgomery, Alabama. Cathead uh, also, of course, made waves initially in the vodka space uh, with their blue cat uh, vodka, and also then their Cathead Honeysuckle came along, which has been crazy. Uh, These days, the Cathead Bitter Orange are selling like wildfire out there. You may also see their pecan-flavored vodka, which has a green cat on it. They're all delicious, and they all have a role in making a delicious cocktail. Cathead's bourbons are excellent as well. You guys have known for years about the 90 proof Old Soul, but their single bear Old Soul at 109 proof is a terrific standalone pour. I absolutely love it and I buy it every time I see it. Unfortunately, over here in the state of Alabama, you don't see it that often. You may also be able to find their 10 type series, which is their seven year 119 proof bourbon. A little hotter, probably put a little splash of water in that, but it is delicious. Uh, and if you ever have an opportunity to pick up a 13 or 15 year old old soul, that's the, the, the gray sticker with the black writing on it. You are going to love that. Just get it. Don't don't even ask second questions. Look, you need Cathead in your life. Seek out their Cathead Sparkly or any of their other fine spirits, including their vodkas, their uh, hoodoo chicker liqueur, uh, their Bristow gin, any of that delicious stuff. Definitely pick that pick that up next time you're out. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry Cathead, make a request. Ask them to carry Cathead. Life is better with Cathead in it. So do what you got to do and get that
1: Cathead. Indeed. Uh, also, check out the, our friends at Pinnacle. It's based in Madison, Mississippi. Uh, they'll sit down with you, your financial needs. They'll look at your goals, your dreams, put up a plan just for you. It's MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N Wealth.com. And if you're uh, planning any travelings, holiday season, uh, maybe already planning a summer vacation, whatever the case may be, Get in touch with our, our buddy, uh, John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated. Just give him some parameters, give him a budget, and I promise you he's going to make it easier. It's going to help you uh, have a trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories. It's Edwards at regencytravel.net.
2: I uh, don't want to harp on Auburn too much. I know we got a lot of Ole Miss listeners, and we got some Auburn listeners. I'm not trying to do that, but I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Auburn going to Carnell Williams as the interim head coach. Uh, and had a very interesting return uh, at Mississippi State, a game that I would have figured Auburn would have gotten their butt kicked in that. Uh, Carnell goes over there, and he is as animated as you have ever seen on the sideline. He's essentially not really coaching in a traditional sense. He was almost like the hype man. And Auburn got down big and then just kind of dug their way back, and they were doing things they hadn't done in years. They were creating turnovers. They were playing with what I would call reckless abandon, which they have not done under Harson. And Carnell was – I really think that he brought about some positive changes in that Auburn team. They're going to be home this weekend playing uh, Texas A&M. Jimbo is on the precipice of being a huge, huge disappointment nationally. He may already be there. And it's He's going there. to be Carnell's first home game as the interim head coach of the Auburn Tigers, Neil.
1: A guy you covered. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Matchup-wise, like, I think A&M's more talented and stuff. But, man, I just – got this feeling that they're walking into an absolute lion's den. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Auburn's going to play this super emotional game and, you know, they've done all this stuff with like on social media and I'm careful to make sure that people don't think that I'm being condescending here because I'm certainly not trying to be, but they've like really talked about like family and this is what we do and this is our tradition and this is who we are and, their fans seem to be really embracing that and I just think they're going to pack that place on Saturday I think it's going to be kind of nutty and they're going to be all like rallied around one another and I don't think AM cares that much and I think they're about to walk into a place that really cares and I kind of love Auburn minus the two or plus the two or whatever the number is I I don't think this game is going to be a two-point game. I, I think Auburn's going to win this game kind of handedly.
2: I completely agree with you on this. Um, I think it's impossible for Jimbo Fisher, first of all, I think he's a doofus anyway, but how <laughs> is he going to get his team fired up and say, they all know Auburn sucks. They all know Auburn has an interim coach. And how is Jimbo going to say, guys, this is going to be one of those situations where you're walking into a place that's going to sound like Alabama or LSU, two teams that are challenging for a, a, you know a, an SEC title, we all know Auburn's not like that, but it's going to be like that because these people all care about Carnell Williams, and he's a guy that they're all going to rally around. And I'm telling you, you're walking into trouble. I don't think there's a single player on that Texas a m team that would that would that would swallow that pill.
1: No, I think if they were eight and one or something like that, yeah, they'd listen to that. But they're what are they three and six? I mean they're they're not they're not listening to that. They don't no. care anymore. I mean they're like okay, cool. They're they're excited about their interim coach, cool. Awesome. Cool, great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much longer do we have? When, when, when do we get to leave? Um, I, I mean, I just I, I just anticipate them being pretty checked out. Now, the young quarterback, Wigman, if he plays, he's a pretty good player. He is a much um, better player than the other guy they had. Uh, A-Chain's a really talented running back. They've got some receivers that are really good. They've got a front seven on defense, especially a front four on defense that's really talented. But still, I just think Auburn's going to will their way to a win. I mean, it's going to be interesting because if Carnell does that, and I can't help – I'm supposed to call him Cadillac, but I, I know we miss I Carnell. never call him that. Okay. If, if Good. Then I feel better about it. If Carnell wins that game, and uh, who does Auburn have next? It's like Western Kentucky. Yeah, Western
2: Kentucky and then the Iron Bowl, yeah.
1: I, what happens in a scenario where he runs I, that table?
2: I know, man. There's some people I've been talking to at Auburn, people that have a lot of money in their bank account who have been giving money to Auburn for a long time who have been like, I love the idea of Carnell being the interim. And I loved watching him compete at Mississippi State, but what happens? I don't think there's a scenario where he gets in that conversation, Neil. I don't.
1: I I don't think there is either. But, you know, like you and I have talked about this. It's one thing to go, we're going to put out a $100 million guaranteed contract. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. And, well,
2: you got to feel like that $100 million is the guy, capital T, capital G, and I, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, you got to really be sure because if it's not the guy for whatever reason and you're stuck with that contract.
2: Then you're Texas A&M, Ooh.
1: aren't you? And you're Texas A&M Hey, and nothing against Auburn because Auburn's got a ton of resources, but they don't have as many resources as A&M has. That's true. And A&M can't afford to get out of it, Jay, and they want out.
2: <laughs> oh, damn right
1: they do. <laughs> they want out. If that contract were not in place, Jimbo Fisher's gone. They no would it would yeah. move on, and the reason that Jimbo Fisher is going to be the coach at texas a and m in twenty twenty three is because of that contract that is it, not because always oh, he's really recruiting well and I don't care i mean that's not it they it's because of that contract, and I keep waiting for people that's why my prediction on auburn is 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 not kiffin and it's not because of the fit it is the fit and stuff I just think. Someone's going to say, hey, you know what? We could probably get something really close to the same guy for about half the price and about half or less the risk.
2: Are you talking about Freeze? Yep. I don't think he's – there's no way I could, you could argue that – or successfully argue with me that he's half the risk. I think Lane Kiffin's – I think he's a stud pony. Uh, and I, I like Hugh Freeze a lot. I, I would just say Hugh's doing this – I'm sorry, Lane's doing this at Ole Miss right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you say, well, Hugh's doing a great job at Liberty. Hell yeah, he is. And he beat Arkansas and that's great. Arkansas's, you know, so, so this year, Liberty shouldn't be beating him. I get it. But if you're asking me who who's a better bet, Lane Kiffin or Hugh Freeze, I got to say Lane
1: Kiffin. Oh, Kiffin's definitely a better bet, but I'm just saying on a, on a risk analysis, you, you, you roll with Kiffin. What happens? Let I me mean, look, he's a single guy. What happens if something goes kind of squirrely in that regard, you know, with freeze, you, Get a little more. I, I don't, it's hard to explain it without like feeling like I'm, I'm calling people out for their personal right. lives because Word, I don't okay. really know what their personal lives are. But I got I you. I mean, we're not that far removed from people being, you know, no one wanting to take a, a gamble on Lane Kiffin in large part because of his perceived personal life.
2: Okay. Whatever. Uh, you know more about it than I do. Let's go through uh, this SEC slate. There's some intriguing games, uh, several of them we've already talked about. Uh, LSU at Arkansas. That's going to be an early game uh, on Saturday on ESPN, 11 a.m. It looks like the high is going to be 38.
3: Yeah, Jeez. It's going to be
2: that reminds me of Damien Craig. Whenever uh, Auburn would have kids that they were either committed to or they were like recruiting very ardently and they would go to Arkansas, he'd always say, bring your coat because it's going to be cold. Because he always felt like these South Florida kids that he was always on would not want to go to Arkansas because it's too damn cold. I don't know if LSU will feel that way or not.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just... <laughs> It's, it's hard for me to put out of my mind what I saw from Arkansas against Liberty, and, and you see what LSU's done the last couple of games against Ole Miss and Alabama, and yet that line's sitting there, and it's almost like Vegas is begging suckers like me to take LSU and lay the three, but, Jay, I'm taking LSU and laying the three.
2: <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, also at 11 a.m. on a national game, this is ye, CBS national game, uh, Missouri, the fight Gabe DeArmonds are going to Tennessee. Uh, the Volunteers are a 21-point favorite. Is CBS just trying to say, hey, we haven't showed Tennessee enough. Let's go ahead and show this one.
1: That's my guess. Ugh. And, you know, but 20-something point line, Tennessee got smoked at Georgia. But they still have a lot to play for. Our, our boy Drink got a, a two-year contract extension. Yeah, he did. new deal. Making, making $6 million a year now. Um, <laughs> under 500
2: All they do is compete. Like, that's enough. That's they enough for probably- Missouri.
1: They just find ways to lose too, but yeah, I, obviously Tennessee wins the game. The number feels a little high, maybe, but they might cover that.
2: Missouri's been—I don't know, man. I know
1: they Tennessee's a lot competitive better. Competitive in every game. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the, the question is not just Tennessee win. The question is, do they win by more than twenty-two? Yeah, that,
2: Missouri hangs.
1: If uh, I told you they won by twenty, you're not—you're not remotely surprised.
2: Another 11 a.m. game. Wow, there's SEC Network. Uh, Vanderbilt at UK, a game that literally dozens of people might give a shit about. Uh, Kentucky's a 17-point favorite. Have not been playing great football lately, although they had a good win last week.
1: Yeah. Um, But they had
2: been playing very poorly prior to that.
1: This will be a very sobering, sad Commodore walk after last week when we all rallied for the big Commodore walk and they let us down. This, yeah, they did let us down. <laughs> this is going to be the disappointment.
2: <laughs> we are adjunct uh, Vanderbilt cheer fours. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm done. I don't know what I they call them.
2: We call them Eagle Fly Goods at Auburn, like the casual Auburn fans. They're just the Eagle Fly Goods. I wonder what they call them at Vanderbilt. They just call them bandy fans. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Fandy.
2: laughs> Alabama uh, at Vaught-Hemingway, 230 on CBS. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be 51, which we'll call mild. Uh, Ole Miss, an eleven
1: and a half point dog, no, doggy, no, dog, no, dog, no, dog. No. Mm. I um, like that. I think Alabama wins. I just think they're better. I don't know what the I don't know what the number is, but I just don't. I don't like the matchup at all. Maybe the, the Ole Miss is one chance. I think is that Alabama just doesn't care after they've been eliminated. They just don't kind of show. And
2: it's unusual it's, for them to be in that spot, right?
1: Yeah, they hadn't been in the spot in ten years where they're playing an inconsequential game.
2: This late in the season, right? Yikes. Yeah. Or just any. Yeah, you're, you're probably yeah, right on that.
1: period. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Ole Miss let me down on that. Was it the LSU game? Yeah. Yeah. But 11 and a half. Yeesh. Uh, another. Here's a game. I'm sure there'll be dozens of people give a shit about this one. Uh, South Carolina at Florida. Six and three. Cox. Five and four. Gators. SEC Network. Three o'clock. Florida is an eight-point favorite.
1: yeah i kind of think florida wins some covers but south carolina keeps doing it when i think they're done when i think they're gonna suck they find kind of ways to stay in games but this feels like florida's a better team part of the problem is when richardson plays well florida's really good yeah richardson doesn't always play well and when he doesn't play well they're kind of shitty it happens sometimes
2: uh let's see georgia at mississippi state uh, Georgia is a 17 point favorite there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Mississippi State. I watched them last weekend. Obviously, when they played Auburn, they looked they were solid. Um, yeah, did enough to win the football game against a bad Auburn team. But I don't know. I'm,
1: I'm laying these points.
2: All right, I would. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Uh, and then the Fighting Jimbos, as we mentioned earlier, at Auburn against the Fighting Carnell's. Carnell, everybody's gonna be wearing their uh, go crazy Cadillac shirts. Yeah, Auburn is a one and a half point favorite. Lay well, them. I'm, and good. This I'm would good be point
1: a point and a half,
2: fine. I'll lay it This up. would be tasty to see Jimbo go down in this one, man. I, I don't know. Plus, he's got Damian Craig on that roster, too, uh, as, a, as a coach. Yeah. And Damian famously just <laughs> walked the fuck out on his job at Auburn, uh, and he
1: did it again at LSU. And he's still got a job. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, college football's nuts, man. I mean, it, it's it's bizarre. But I I'll be shocked if Auburn doesn't play their game of the year mm. Saturday. You know, they might not be good enough to do it because they just don't have a ton of players, but I just think they play out of their minds Saturday. That'd be fun, man. One time, and then, like, if you told me that Auburn blows out A&M and then it's kind of flat when Western Kentucky comes to town and that's a nail-biter, I totally buy it. I just, college football's that way, man. It's just kind of crazy.
2: Well, we'll uh, we'll figure it out as we uh, work our way through
1: well, hey, get back to the hospital, check on your mom um, Know that I'll be thinking of you and her And Courtney and everybody So hope everything uh, gets better and goes well Thanks to everybody for making us a part of your week We certainly appreciate it We'll be back uh, hopefully next week with another edition of Greatest Pod in the South as our march towards 200 episodes uh, continues This was 195 We'll be back with 196 the next time if you're traveling Whether it's to Oxford or Auburn or anywhere else Please be safe and we will uh, talk to you Next week Again for Jay, I'm Neil, okay.